Okay. I don't know how to start these, so I'm just going to start talking. My friend and comedian Jen Sicato is on the podcast today. She's toured around the country. She's recorded for Sirius XM and CBC Laugh Out Loud. You can listen to her album, The Dozen, streaming on all platforms. Um, I really don't know what else to say. I'm trying to really shorten these intros because I've been told that they're too long, but I had so much fun recording this one. Thank you to everyone for your DMs about things that your parents would threaten you with to get you to eat. It was so much fun reading those. It was great. And we go through them all in this episode. So keep listening and uh, maybe you'll hear your story or something. I'm, I kind of want to do more of those interactive things. So just, uh, I don't know, stay on the lookout for me asking you for information about your personal life so I can talk about it on my podcast. Cool. Um, enjoy this episode. And yeah, thanks. Your album came out. What was it like recording an album? Tell me about the whole process. When did you decide that you wanted to record an album? And what was that like getting it all together? Uh, I, I, I was actually approached by Alison Dorr, who's the owner of Howell and Roar Records. Yeah. Uh, and she was like, hey, you've been doing stand-up for a number of years. Why don't you have an album? I'm like, I, I couldn't. I couldn't. You know, I, I always thought like, oh, you got to be this fucking genius to put out. Um, no, man, anyone can put out an album, music, stand-up, whatever. It's just a matter of if it gets people are interested in it right mm. so uh yeah you know she gave me a little boost of confidence she's like just fuck, let's do it you know what I mean how else are you gonna get played like on the radio and shit so fair enough so uh yeah so um she gave me a few dates a couple venues to choose from uh, a fellow label mate Natalie Norman recorded her album at the Ossington rest in peace I'm not Catholic is this the right <laughs> way I hope so this was actually upside down you realize it right. is upside down. Yeah. Satanic. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, man. And I liked uh, the Ossington. Again, I picked them up the pandemic, rest in peace. But it had a really nice, uh, warm sounding back room, you know, classic brick wall environment. Really cool. So I, I did that there. So I recorded about two nights, about 25 minutes each, with the goal of having like a 20, 22 minute EP. Mm-hmm. And just slice and dice the best of both nights together. And voila and then um you know I kind of dragged my feet during the editing because again you're your own worst enemy right you're like oh man I didn't this one was you edit it yourself no I mean I yeah I said from this time to this time please and then the editor you know chopped it up wow that sounds like a fucking nightmare uh I wouldn't be able to do that probably for him Uh, I feel bad he had to do, (laughs) do all that but uh and then you know you know, I was having and hawing over like the album and it was pandemic, right? So we couldn't, this was like early on in the pandemic where you're like, you can't even think of seeing somebody in a park, right? So I was like, hey, I love, you know, cartoon covers. Uh, so I reached out to this guy, Roger Beck, Roger Beck, who's an illustrator in Toronto. Uh, I know him from a, like a lot of the weed related comedy shows or the weed community, the cannabis community. And so he did something up for me and it was wicked. I loved it. And then just fucking released her on all digital platforms. I'm not going to have a CD. I'm not going to use a medium that I don't use anymore. You know what I mean? I'm not going to be like, hey, let's put this out on a CD so we can all use it as a poster, right? Like, <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, released it digitally and uh, 
that's it, man. Yeah. That's wicked. I'm always like interested in the like psychology that goes into releasing an album because a lot of people that listen to this podcast aren't comedians. So they don't know like the technical aspect of things, but I always Mm -hmm. try to like make sure that anybody that listens to this understands that like stand up is not this you you think you're funny at the office so you can go into like I I just want I wish stand-up was more highly regarded and like well respected in the arts form and I feel like it was at one point and now it's like people go to shows fucking drunk or like they'll one time I was performing at the Von Yuck Yucks and there was somebody who had their like shoes off sitting in the front oh. row like they were at their oh my house God. yeah no it was nuts and I um I just want people to understand that like it is a huge milestone in like somebody's career to to be able to put on an album and like the amount of work that goes into it like deciding. Yeah, I guess, mm-hmm. yeah well now now that I know what you're getting at I because uh, <laughs> a lot of people think oh you you're right down jokes and when you record the album you read off of them and then people will laugh and oh you can just add laughter no bro it's like that's it whether you do one night of recording or two nights it's like that's it you know what I mean? You don't get to add laughter. That's called cheating. That's called tomfoolery. Nobody, no, I, I don't even, I've never even heard of anyone doing that, right? But uh, yeah, basically it's a culmination. At that point, I'd been doing stand-up for about six years. So I chose, you, you know, you, you don't just choose your best jokes. It's like, you got to flow, right? You got to make this, make this album flow. Although some people have very fragmented you know, a fragmented order of jokes on their album, but I wanted mine to just kind of flow. Uh, you know, one joke kind of weaves into the next or whatever. So you really got to think about that. You got to run your set multiple times uh, before you do your recording, right? Go to book yourself on as many shows as possible. And, uh, you know, me again, doing a 20 minute EP, I had to book myself on a lot of 20 to 30 minute shows leading up to this to get that practice in, right? And, you know, they're not exactly every night of the week that that life was set right oh god remember when we used to perform stand up in front of live audiences <clears throat> yeah no kidding <sighs> yeah anyway so uh yeah so so that and then so yeah it is it is a milestone and i'm, I'm proud of myself for doing it you know what i mean yeah i got something out there and how did you pick uh, how did you pick which jokes you were gonna do like because uh, like comics have such a tight relationship to each of their jokes and then choosing which ones to put in which ones not to put in is exhausting <laughs> well um I guess because this was my EP uh a little introduction about myself off the top and that was reflective of how I would start my sets in general uh, early on when I started stand up which was I, I stand up on stage and people look at me and they're like, okay, what's, what's going on here? <laughs> you know, so I would have to explain what this is all about, how this came to be, right? This fucking place and, you know, my heritage and my background and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so because, so I viewed the album the same way. It was like people are kind of hearing me for the first time in, on a recorded uh, medium. So just introduce, you know, me being who I am, mixed race, these are my parents, blah, 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 this is my life, yada, yada. Um, and then there's definitely a couple of jokes that I really like, but they, they require a lot of kind of uh, audience participation, just kind of like getting them to respond to me. And I, I was like, ah, oh, 
is that kind of like a, a pop out or is that kind of cheating or whatever? But for better or for worse, I cut that one out. I'm, I'm perfectly happy with it. Um, there is one track on my album that I just, I really screwed up both nights. And uh, it, so it's not, it's not actually as the joke is. What, what appears on the album is not actually what it is. And uh, that's the only one I'm kind of bummed out about, but what can you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the but, first one, the, second, the next one will be better. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I um, I love that. That's that's amazing. And I think that a lot of people put, and by people I mean comedians, put a lot of like weight on, I want this album to be like, and th- that's totally true. I'm one of these people. It's like, I want this to be the best. I want this to be my absolute 100%. But that's never, you're never there. Like the longer that time passes, the more you evolve, the more you grow out of jokes. It's like really all an album is, is like a timestamp on where you are currently with your material and where you are in life in general. Mm -hmm. And that's just how you have to think about it as. It's like, this is a reflection of me and what I believe at the moment. And uh, we'll see what happens later, but this is Mm -hmm. right now. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, just because like, like, say, for example, on the album, I had a couple of books about dating, you know, I'm married now, I don't, I don't date anymore. But that's okay. Like, that's, that's a joke was had its time and place. And I still think they're funny, you know, even though it, it doesn't have to be my truth in real time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you have to be like, so I, I was dating uh, exactly seven years ago, or I don't know how long you guys been married. It was a Tuesday. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he didn't pay. Um, <laughs> Very specific details. God, I don't even know. Do, do people, I don't even know how dating works anymore, man. Well, you're a long, young lady. Uh, you're like, no. I know you're never it's never worked like I don't even think anyone has ever known how to do it like it's just I I honestly I don't even put energy into dating anymore because I'm like it's just such a stupid waste of time like what do you mean putting energy into dating like okay you can go on a date but like what am I gonna do like fix my personality like you know what I mean like it just is what it is just find the a person when you do Mm -hmm. and that's it yeah, just let her have it. Well, like, sorry, I don't know if the mic's picking up. I'm getting those like little gurgles in my throat. Um, do you have heartburn? I get that. So I feel like I have a small throat. <laughs> I feel like I have oh, a skinny throat. And uh, if I drink like too much water at once or like have too much food, it gets stuck. And it's like a, yes. like a Yorkie. Oh my God, Jesus. Or, you know, the squid, the squid's uh, esophagus, I think goes around its brain. Yeah. So you know how squids have wow. those if it doesn't chop its food small enough, it can literally fucking aneurysmize itself. See, that animals are stupid. Animals are just some of them are dumb, some of them are great giraffes. If you know, seven vertebrae in its neck. That all that neck, <laughs> seven vertebrae. The only animal born with horns. Okay. No, no vocal cords. That's all I know about giraffes. Giraffes are cute. Yeah. But yeah, man, I don't um, like, I don't know. I don't put any pressure on myself. Like, yeah, you know, like some people are like, I have a timeline. I want to be married by this point in my life. I want to do this. I want Fuck to do that, that shit. Fuck that shit. Yeah. It's so people weird. Lose us. Yeah. Yeah. Or I, don't have that. I don't have that with romantic relationships, but I do have that with my career where I'm like, if I don't get this by this time, I'm going to slice my tits and ass off simultaneously yeah. uh, on a live stream. Yeah. I, I believe it to be true. I know you and your craziness. So anyway, 
last chance, guys, if you want to see Juliana's bits and ass. Yeah, it's not, it's not going to last for much longer. She has pretty high standards for her career, so she's going to lose it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Um, that's so funny. I, uh, I, I actually, okay, so this week I asked a bunch of people to send me their, because uh, I know you have this bit about your mom. And I was kind of curious if you, because we both come from, you know, first generation kind of like immigrant backgrounds. My mom was born in Canada, but my dad was born in Portugal. Okay. I am first gen in a way. Uh, and my, I just wanted to know, like, was there anything that your parents or your grandparents would like threaten you with? Cause I find that it's a common theme among like immigrant parents um, to threaten their kids with something psychotic, like a demon or like a ghost. Like if you don't eat your food, you're going to get abducted by some wolf, half man, half wolf thing. Was there any of that in your house or no? Or something like that. Uh, well, other than, you know, casual beatings. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm not even joking, right? If you're, if you have an immigrant parent, you got smacked around a little bit, right? For sure. So there's that. Um, there wasn't, there wasn't anything crazy like that, but there was like, oh, if you eat too many nuts, you'll get a nosebleed. <laughs> and then sure enough, one day I was mowing down on almonds, uh, walked down the street and then my fucking nose started bleeding. No so, way. Yeah. Uh, but no, any, any demons? I don't know about that. Uh, how about you? Any Portuguese demons? <laughs> yeah, there was a few. Yeah. It wasn't really unlike my Portuguese side. My Italian grandmother would scare the shit out of me and my younger brother. Like she was like, if you don't eat like the, she told, so she had like this iron hand thing on her. Um, I guess I'll show it. I mean, it's right behind me. Wow. She yes. This. She had this sitting on her fireplace. What the fuck is that? I know, but it, it looks possessed. Like you see this. And you go, this well, any, any severed hand in a household, you're wondering, <laughs> what is that? Is that like she a child? literally go like this. She would cover Stop. it with the sleeve and like go like this. Like she would <laughs> full blown act out like very <laughs> intense. That's hilarious. Yeah. What and is that associated with? So this is like, I think it's some sort of like Italian symbol for something, but she didn't explain it like that. I still don't know what the significance of it is. Right. Yeah. Um, but at the time she told me that this hand would become possessed and <laughs> uh, drag me out to a field if I didn't eat. Oh them. my God. Like it would drag my ass oh out God. to a field. And I was like seven or eight at the time. So I was like, yeah, this hand could take me for sure. I was just like the smallest thing. Um, yeah. And she would tell me that the thing would, it would be possessed and like drag me out. So That's I asked, um, I asked a bunch of people on Instagram what some of their stories were because I was just like, this is, this is, it's such a non-white thing. And like everybody that responded was just like, either not born here or had grandparents that were born here. Cause that's like psychotic. Like imagine being a parent now and like telling your kid that like this, like you children's aid, yeah. it would be a nightmare. Yeah. There would be a Facebook post that goes viral. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Parents just don't know how to raise their kids these days. You know what I mean? I like the good old days. Okay. I do remember. Um, yeah. I do remember she said, don't whistle at night because snakes will come out from under the house. <laughs> somehow that evolved into snakes will come out of your mouth. So that was the end of whistling. Uh, 
<laughs> Wait, so I love how it was like an innate, like, because whistling, it has nothing to do with, like, did they just not like whistling or like? I think she just wanted us to shut up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Things are going to come out from under the house. <laughs> oh, whoops, actually, I got that wrong. They're going to come out of your mouth. <laughs> Oh my God. Oh, that's so funny. That's okay. Good. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Do you have any things where you, you're like, oh yeah, this is Portuguese or this is an Italian tradition. Yeah. But then years later you find out, no, that was just my crazy grandmother or my father or whatever. Yeah. That happens to me all the time. I took my husband to Japan for the first time, you know, to the homeland. And I'm like, oh, you know, we, we got to do this in this situation. We got to do this in that situation. And every time, just found, fucking threw back in my face, I, I fucked it up. And I was like, I think my mother lied a lot. And this is, you know, the stuff she taught me was not actually Japanese custom, but just her, you know, insanity. <laughs> so what were some of the things like? Um, okay, well, this is not, this is not a her thing, but in like old Japanese inns, like an A-I-N-N at an inn where they have a hot, like a natural hot spring. It's perfectly acceptable to bathe, like go in the hot spring. Then you put on this like robe. It's like a unisex robe. It's not a sexy robe, right? Very, you know, whatever. And then you can go have dinner or breakfast or whatever in the common area of the inn. So we go to this hotel and they have like, not a natural hot spring, but like a a man-made you know, public bathroom. I put on my fucking robe. I'm like, okay, let's go down to breakfast. He's like, you're going like that? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I don't. It's a custom. It's a tradition. Don't worry. They, they do this here. And he's like, okay. He goes down in his regular clothes. We go down there and they just stop me from coming into the dining area. They're like, please put your clothes on. You cannot dine with your robe. And he's just laughing his ass off. <laughs> so funny. That seems yeah. like that is not where my mind would go. I would think that that seems like a North American thing to like enter a dining room with a robe on. Like a slob. Yeah, yeah. like a total slob. Like you're just about to get knees deep into some shrimp heads or something. <laughs> Popcorn shrimp and you'd go down. You gotta go to the shrimp first, right? If you got a buffet. Shrimp is almost expensive. You got to pile up on shrimp. Right. And then see if there's room for, you know, the pizza or whatever. That's so funny. I, um, I, okay. So do you remember that viral video that where like the dad like smashed his kid's Xbox or something, but it was like a prank, but like people thought it was real. And it was like a dad who would like, he like walked into his son's room. So they were like yelling at their video games. And the dad walks into the room with a baseball bat and like smashes the TV and like smashes their Xbox and they all like run away. I was like, why are people offended at this? Like, I oh, wait, how is that, that a, how is that a prank? <laughs> what? How is that a prank? I, cause the dad, he didn't, it was like, he didn't mean it. Like it was a joke, I think, or maybe not. I'm not sure, but there was like a bunch of controversy online and people were like freaking out. They're like, don't treat your kids like this. And which, yes. Okay. Don't treat your kids like that. I agree. But also in my mind, I was like, I don't fully see the problem with this. Like, no. I, I was also raised very similarly. Like if that happened, like there have been times where like my parents will go and like, I, yeah, they don't. There was one time I was playing with a ball in my backyard and I kept kicking it over the fence and like the neighbors kept throwing it back. And my dad just got so pissed. He literally took a a screwdriver that he was like working on in the backyard and popped the ball in front of my eyes. (laughs) I was like, all right, 
That's yeah, the end you're of like, that. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, had over. Friend, yeah. I had a friend in, in like middle school whose parents had a problem with how much the kids were watching TV in the house. Mm-hmm. So the guy literally laid brick and like walled up the TV. <laughs> like some Edgar Allan Poe story. I'm like, I don't know why you didn't just put it in storage. Why, why are you going to smash that shit with a sledgehammer if you want it again? You lunatic. He wasn't even a bricklayer. He was like a computer engineer. That, that kid's got mental problems now, but you and I, we're fine. Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, yeah, I think it's fine. I mean, I don't, I mean, I, I would never do that, obviously, if I was a parent, but just as a kid that grew up with that, I'm like, I don't understand the problem with that what are you supposed to do what else what else is the solution is there another way i don't know yeah it's like shell shock um so i went online and i got a bunch of things uh like a bunch of stories i asked people to send me stories like this um so would you want to go through some of them sure yeah kind of talk about them okay so this one is kind of long um where is it Okay, so, <laughs> so this person who I don't think I know uh, writes, aloha and thank you for your time. So sweet. Like in Mexico, they used to tell us that if we weren't in the house by midnight, a woman that was for some reason curved by her Spanish lover who had in return drowned their kids almost immediately somehow went to the heaven gates, was denied entry and told that only with the company of her kids they would happily welcome her past the heaven gates. So the story is like this woman who was missing her kids was going to come and take you in the middle of the night uh, if you I didn't mean, eat or do some sort of chore, which is, I think it kind of spirals into uh, like the mythology theme, you know? Mm-hmm. Like there's this torture. Well, it sounds pretty Mexican to me. Like I believe that that's a, that's a thing that happens in Mexico. This is very dramatic. Uh, scenario it's very emotional a lot of weeping so this is okay so her name is la la lorna i'm not sure if i you know can say that three times maybe she's gonna come visit me i don't know but i love it it was so the story is that she's gonna possibly mistake like neighborhood kids for her kids and abduct them or kill us with her donkey face i'm not sure if this person just threw in donkey face right 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 but i think that it is because she's like this sort of like possessed being that she actually does have one wow yeah yeah Uh, (laughs) i like that one i like that one a lot yeah i wouldn't mind raising my kids in a mexican fashion if that's what (laughs) that's what it entails yeah get a lot of peace and quiet in the house La la Lorda, the donkey face is gonna come up. <laughs> you know, shut the fuck up. Yeah, I I love that. I love that it's um like a story instead of threatening you with like an actual item. Like my dad would, you know, like take out a spoon or something, or like you know how like they kind of adjust their belts and it's time. Oh yeah. I love how this is a story. It's like a spiritual being is gonna come and take you away at night. I wonder what the psychology of that has. There's probably isn't. I don't I don't know of any psychological repercussions of parents telling their kids that like a spiritual thing or like this hand like I, I don't feel very scarred by this mm, but mm-hmm. I do have nightmares uh all the time I never have pleasant dreams they're always nightmares oh that's awful yeah. um does it involve a hand in, in in any way coming after you 
<laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, that's true. I, I, you know, someone should write a fucking paper on that. Yeah. If there are psychological repercussions. So there probably are, but um, yeah. I don't know. I, I prefer having been raised that way. Okay. Here's another one. Okay. So she goes, I want to start, share the story from my childhood. Um, where does it start? Okay. So my grandma would tell me a story about a girl who also didn't eat enough food and eventually she became super thin and light that one day she was walking on the street and the wind blew her away. She was whisked away by the air and carried far away from her home, never to be seen again, which is like wow. very traditional. Uh, my, my parents, my grandparents would, they would like push their cheeks in and be like, you'll end up like that if you don't eat. Like they would threaten me with wow uh, death as well yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes uh very traditional and that is like there's always a foreverness taken away forever yeah you'll, you'll never see this place again <laughs> yes. yeah but you know what sometimes do you remember as a kid like i don't know if you ever threatened like that you're like oh fine yeah <laughs> get me the fuck out of here yeah. it's like shit you know blow me away to arizona <laughs> or some shit yeah take Sounds me to Aaron if you want yeah I um I used to think my dad was an alien like an actual like legit I wonder what the psychology of that was but when I was like five I was like there's no way that I'm related to this person mm. and I would why be, I'm not sure I would just be like yeah like you're an alien I don't know it would just be some recurring theme that I had when I was younger not sure exactly what that means interesting black I mean it's scary is a huge physical difference between you two just the personality maybe <laughs> Probably. like i don't yeah um okay so this is one uh my mom would picture well okay so my mom would put pictures of kids suffering from starvation on our fridge to motivate us to eat all of our food <laughs> wow that's that so funny <laughs> that's the worst one the one that has to do with actual existing problems in the world yeah, that's the worst one to lay on your kids. That is, because I think even as a child, when you hear about these mythological beings, yeah. you're like, yeah, but I've never heard of anyone. I've never seen this hand floating in space. You know what I mean? Yeah. But this one, you're you're like everyone knows there's starving kids in Africa, right? And then you yeah. see it on your fridge every day. Yeah, that's got to do a number on you. Not to mention possibly desensitize you. See, I thought it would have the opposite because I thought it would be like, okay, yeah, like always keep your kid in perspective. Like, look, be grateful for the food, eat it all. Don't let anything go to waste because this is, I think maybe it was less of, uh, from what I can gauge from this, maybe it was less of an educational thing, more of just like, just instilling the fear of dying of starvation. Less of like, be grateful for what you have because in parts of the world, you know, this is reality. Oh, oh so it's like, not eating will lead to this. You don't want to look like this. Mm -hmm. uh, also, yeah. fun. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love stories like this. Okay, we'll do one more. Mm -hmm. uh, where's another one? Hmm. Okay, this one's pretty, um, pretty, I, I think this is pretty standard. My parents threatened to call the police and have them come arrest me if I didn't eat. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, that's just an empty threat. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to I wanna hear a follow-up from that person. Yeah, like person. what to follow up. Yeah, yeah, follow up. Let us know if you ever were just like, go ahead, fucking call them. 
<laughs> when the police show up, they're like, you want us to do what? No, no I so, like, we're going to arrest you. Okay, yes. Yeah. Wasting our time. Yeah. Uh, just for sure. I, I used to call the police a lot as a kid. I was like one of those kids that would not on my parents, but I called the police by a lot. I mean, like maybe three times in my childhood. Cause my parents, here's what, here's what it is. Right. I grew up in Vaughan, Ontario, and my mom was not great at educating me on like, Hey, like not like I was raised on, like, everybody wants to abduct you. Nothing is safe. Everybody wants to take you at all times. Trust no one. Everyone is dangerous. Okay. I called the police one time I was at a friend's house and like literally the mailman showed up at the door and I had no idea that it was like, or it was a guy to come install their alarm. (laughs) And I called the police uh, while I was at their house, unbeknownst to them, thinking I was doing this great thing. Oh, being like, I was on the phone and I was like, I was like, I don't know, maybe nine. And I was like, yeah, there's this guy at the door. He looks angry. And I was like, no, he's just like probably sick of his job and doesn't want to fucking have the police called on him. Like imagine just like getting the police called on you because you're having a bad day at work. And like kid things that you're trying to break into their friend's house. (laughs) You don't even live there. I was like, he's in the toolbox. And they're like, yeah, he's just like literally someone doing their job. That is so funny. What are the other times you called the police? Uh, I called them once when I was very younger. I was like, maybe like grade two, grade one. I was at a, an after school daycare program. And uh, I called the police. I had the phone and I had never, like I heard like cell phones were coming, like cell phones were new, like Motorola razors were coming out. Everyone had a cell phone and I didn't. And I was like, oh, I have a phone. Like my parents aren't here and I have a phone. Like, who can I call? The only number I knew was the police. I called them a rang once I hung up. And of course they show up, Right. Wow. Dude, it was like next level anxiety. Like when the daycare woman came in and she was like, Hey, who called the police? I I will never forget the amount of fear that came into my body. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I did this like terrible thing for no reason. Did you fess up? I did, yeah. I was like, oh, I did I can't, I can't lie in situations like that. I'm like, I did it. It was me. I was crying. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That's fucked. Uh, I once heard that um, with like an old rotary phone or like not even rotary phone, but like a fucking like a landline phone. If you tap the hang up latch thing, if you tap it like eight times, it'll automatically call the police. So I was like, like 25, (laughs) 25 and like drinking at my own house with like lots of friends there. I was like, yeah, we're here. Hey, Sam, please call. Anyway, so we tried it. Nothing happened. I hang up. Phone rings two seconds later. This is the police. Does anyone need, is there an emergency? I'm like, no, I was just cleaning the phone. (laughs) Yeah, man. So apparently that works. Did they show up? No, no, no. They just called. They said, is there an emergency? Yeah. So yeah, man, if you have a landline. Don't do it. Don't do it because it actually works. I but, didn't know uh, that. Okay, see, yeah. now I'm like. Yeah. Maybe and I was taught that in the context because, you know, I guess like my generation, because when you say you were a child and cell phones came out, I'm just like, fuck, I feel so old. Because like I was raised in the 80s. 
But that was really, I feel, the time where they took child abduction a lot more seriously. In the 80s? Like, yeah. 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 That's when kids' faces started appearing on milk cartons and, like, there would be, like, public service announcements and stuff. And I remember, like, three, four times a year, we would get sent home with a letter from the school saying, oh, parents, be aware, there's a white van in the neighborhood. <laughs> there's always some colored van scoping out the kids in the neighborhood. Yeah, it was messed up. It was a wild time. Um, so I, I learned that phone thing from those days. But I, I, I was not raised with that fear in the household. My parents didn't teach me any of that street smart stuff. I just figured it out on my own, probably because I saw there was no, wasn't coming from them. I had to find it out on my own. But we had a gate to our backyard, no, no lock. You know, we lived in like a residential suburban area kind of, and uh, no lock to the back gate. But I wanted people to know that if they watched me going through the gate, I would go boop, 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 and pretend that I had like a code. It was literally like a bike chain holding the gate to the to the post. Boop, 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 go back there, look behind my shoulder. No one's watching me. All right. But I, I, I adopted that kind of early on. Right. Anyway, I'm sure that's done no lasting damage. Uh, oh my God. So that's okay. Cause I, I was actually talking about this the other day uh, w- with my mom, actually, what, how were there so many abductions happening in the eighties? Like, I feel like there were more serial killers than ever in like the seventies and eighties. And now there's like zero. Yeah. Well, you know, people got wise. <laughs> got wise. Kids don't play on the street anymore, right? Kids, kids don't. Kids are have more supervision. I mean, that's that's yeah. because of the abductions. Right? Yeah, it sounds like I'm complaining about it. I'm like, what happened to serial killers, man? Bring them back. Let's totally yeah. not keep them away. But also, yeah, I'm, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Uh, also, you know, uh, you know, back police background checks and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, those have really helped a lot. Oh yeah, <laughs> really helped. <laughs> a decent amount. Um, yeah. Wow, that's craziness. I love that though. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I wish that. I, I mean, yeah. I, Vaughn is a very sheltered place to grow up, and uh, I'm embarrassed that I. I can't believe that I was like nine years old and I called the police because I didn't know. Like my parents were just. They dealt with things like that. Like I never had sure. any sort of responsibility up until that point, and then. Uh, I called the police on a man that was literally just doing his job. Not even in your own house. Now, when your parents found out, because inevitably I'm, I'm guessing your friend's parents told your parents yeah, or you told your parents, do you know how they reacted? They were very confused. I mean, my dad was also like, he was like, what? Like, what did you do? The parents of the house were kind of pissed off. They were like, I don't know. Like you're having random police show up to our house. Like that doesn't look great. Like, why yeah. are you doing that? Uh, and my mom was just like, well, better to be safe than sorry. Like she did not, she was all about it. Yeah. Are you, um, are you somebody that's on time? Or are you late? No, I'm always late. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to get better at it because it's fucking obnoxious. It really is. And I, I hate when people are late meeting me. Yeah. So it's like, I can't, I can't, I can't fuck around anymore. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I am late for absolutely everything. Literally every single thing I'm late for and I'm like really I, I'm like that too like when I 
had a part-time job before the pandemic started. Uh, oh God, I guess we could get into it. I've, you were late for work. I was late for work. And so I am the most obnoxious employee on the face of the earth. I didn't, and this pandemic has put a lot of things in perspective. One being that like, be grateful that I even had a job to begin with. But like, dude, like my, I've been fired so many times from jobs. I've been fired, I think like three or four times. I've <laughs> times. Dude, yeah. I have a very bad work history and I didn't even care. I was like, I fully, I thought it was funny when I got fired, which just goes yeah. to show you how, like absolutely uh, literal nightmare um, at part-time jobs. Also because like, when a manager at a part-time job has to fire someone, mm-hmm. to them, it is the most serious <laughs> yeah. of their yeah. life. They're just like, I, I'm still getting my paycheck for my last shift, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, uh, I looked across the street from a mall and like a little kind of strip mall thing and there were just jobs everywhere I was like I, I don't give a shit I was like okay yeah. fired from uh I used to work at Bath and Body Works and I hated it because it was so if you work for like Bath and Body Works you have to it's like based on you get hours based on commission based on like how you sell candles and like products and stuff like that and I hated that I just felt like I was selling people products that I didn't want to use myself and mm-hmm. you know like totally. be a person and I couldn't I hated it and I got zero shifts and I was like working there with like one shift a month being like, okay, though, like, you know, I don't know what's going on. I guess it's a slow month. People are having shifts dropped off. It's like, no bitch, you're just like fully not doing it. <laughs> and they're going to fire you any day now. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I know, yeah. I could never do sales. Cause I'm just like, I don't want to bother these people. I, I wouldn't buy this shit myself. Yeah. 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 No, but there's some people who are just natural born salespeople and they can sell snow to an Inuit. Yes. Uh, I also feel like that's so like, I just love that standups are all so cut from the same cloth. It's like everybody that I talk to cannot, everybody's had a hard time with jobs and like things like that. Part-time jobs, just no respect for their employers or whatever. It's just because I don't, I can't like, we're just truth tellers. You know what I mean? Like there's no bullshit. So it's like for me to sit there and sell you something that I don't care about. And I don't believe in quite frankly, think is uh, toxic. Um, I, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. It's the same reason that we don't become like news reporters and like journalists is because we can't tell the truth in a way that's unbiased. Like I can't just tell you something like there has to be. Right. Um, some sort of influence of your opinion yeah absolutely you know well as well like I, I worked Sick. at a restaurant and mm-hmm. it was it was brutal I was like a host at this place and like the servers hated me um like actually like they they didn't all hate me but it was just like very run down it was like one star on Yelp um there was like this pervert like 65 year old man that would literally talk about like everybody's tits and like yeah and he it was just so gross and then like the like it's not cut out for everyone it's not cut out for me I know a lot of comedians are servers but I can't I don't have the concentration that's like necessary for a job like that I can't multitask like that 
Right. I can't make change very quickly. So <laughs> yeah. It's like, a bartender, forget it. I just like, throw oh. a bunch of money on the table. That yeah. seems accurate. And then yeah. just let me know what the rest of the math is. You tell me what seems fair to you. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, everybody that uh, was a customer there was like very old. Like it was in a very old community. And right. so they knew like from back in their day, like they were fresh. It doesn't matter how old somebody is. They always know exactly how much change you owe them the second yes, that right. they pay for something and they yeah, expect right. it back in cash. Yeah. And they still think 10% is a reasonable tip. So go yeah. fuck yourselves, old people. Yeah. Good math. Good math for papers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what did you want to be as a kid? Like growing up? A veterinarian. Oh, okay. Perfect. I love you had that locked yeah. and loaded. Okay. Oh, that was my dream. That was my dream. But I was just too stupid. I, uh, I did not, I did not have a mind for math and science. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there's a, a lot of incel misogynists at home going, <laughs> it was right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Girls aren't good at math. Yeah. I, I, I really, like in grade 11, I took biology. I really enjoyed it. I just got all the answers wrong, okay? Um, and I remember in grade 11 biology, my, my, my teacher was like, uh, I was failing. And she goes, okay, Jen, I really want to pass you. Just come in after school, do a five-minute fill-in-the-blanks test on the dissection of the fetal pig, which I really enjoyed and this is how weird of a person I am I didn't show up basically I was I was failing I was flunking biology and she said just pass this one little quiz this special quiz I'm going to make for you and you'll pass the year and I didn't show up and I saw her the next day she's like where were you I go miss it wouldn't be fair it's not fair kind of a I was like 16 at the time who thinks like this anyway she passed me anyway, which was very nice. Nice lady. Thank you, Mrs. Huda. Um, but yeah, and then math, I got kicked out of regular kids math and I got demoted to like dumb kids math class. It was wild. It was really nuts. <laughs> I was so, definitely, I had like three tutors for math throughout my entire, Wow. yeah, I it, it, like I, math just did not happen for me. Yeah. It didn't click. It, it still doesn't click for me. Yeah, it's bad. I own a business. It's not doing well. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But um, yeah, so, you know, I, I, I dreamed of being a vet, but that just, just couldn't happen. <clears throat> so was that, that was the one thing. And then, then by the time you graduated high school, you were just like, okay, no vet, but it was like vet all the way through up until then. No, no, it was vet until, yeah, I started failing math. Uh, then it was kind of like, oh, I wanted to be a linguist, whatever the fuck that meant. I was like, oh, I'll be a translator. I'll work for the UN, um, that kind of stuff. Uh, and then really, I just needed to get my own apartment. So the goal was, you know, 800 bucks a month, whatever's going to pay me 800 bucks a month. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's brilliant. I, uh, I remember like, did you guys have like take your kid to work day? Yeah. And how was that? Uh, you know, I didn't do anything when I went to my dad's work. Uh, so it was fine by me. Okay. Great. I, I, I know what they were trying to do with take your kids to work day, but I feel like it could have been better executed if they were like, if there was some kind of questions and answers you had to provide after. 
it almost seemed like the teachers, all the teachers were just like, let's get these kids out of the school for a day. That's not a PA day. Make up some bullshit why they can't be here. Yeah. Like, uh, make your parents understand how valuable our job is. Right. And take your fucking kid to work and let me know if they're them talking all the time. And uh, <laughs> it annoys you at all. Yeah. Um, I, I, when I did take your kid to school, I was in like grade nine, I think it is. Um, mm-hmm. and I told them like, I was just like, so delusional about the, like when I was younger, I wanted to be the lead singer of a rock band. I went through like an email phase when I was in elementary school and like yeah. loved Avril Lavigne and just like wanted to really like be about it. And then, um, and then I like wanted to be an astronaut, but there was nothing like telling me not to, you know what I mean? Like there was nobody being like, you're stupid, go to sleep. Like, I was just like, no, like I'm fully capable of like being an astronaut. I did like one project on Roberta Bondar and I was like, okay, done. Easy. You're piece hooked. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, when I did take your kid to work day, everybody was like going around the table and their kids were like, yeah, I want to be a lawyer. I want to be like, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I want to be an astronaut. And like, people just were so confused. Um, but like I said it with all like honesty, like I was just like yeah. an astronaut. Yeah. Like yeah. I just felt like it was common knowledge. They're looking at you like, she doesn't look special. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, fun little story. My friend was doing uh, demolition work on Roberta Bondar's, Bondar's house. Bondar's house. <laughs> I think she, I think it's up in Rosedale, you know, and uh, she was getting rid of these, she had these like wall to wall, like a wall of mirrors, basically. Mm -hmm. And each mirror was like a panel and she was just getting rid of them. So my friend was like, Hey, can I take these short? So they're, they're so long, these sheets of mirrors. Anyway, she stuck them into her car, literally drove down Young Street with both doors open both side doors open with this mirror sticking out across the back seat. Yeah. You know, all, all but one survived. The rest of them just smashed broken bits of mirror all over. Oh, Yelps. what a disrespectful thing to do to Roberta Bondar. Like she spent her entire life trying to <laughs> educate people. Get those mirrors. <laughs> and like, you know, yeah. science. And we're here just going down the highway with our doors open on our cars. What are you going to do? Wow, what a nice tribute to the to the bond. Yeah, yeah. to the bond. <laughs> yeah, and I was just like, this is this is fucked. But anyway, yeah, wanted to be an astronaut. Um, and then I, I just feel like I'm obsessed with like I don't know. Like my parents were never, they never told me that like I couldn't do something. Like I've mm-hmm. been lucky that I had a really supportive, you know mom at least my dad was just more about sports and whatever we never really engaged in those conversations but my mom has always just been like yeah like if today if I was just like yeah I want to stop doing comedy and I want to go back to my astronaut uh dream she'd be like okay nice yeah we'll see again that's where you know there really was a change in parenting in the 80s and 90s I feel yeah you think you think if we were born in the 70s we would have been encouraged like that fuck no no it's like you're a girl yeah you know, you're gonna be a nurse or a teacher or god willing get married and have children you know what i mean mm, yeah uh, if you're a guy you just gotta get a job put your head down work 
get benefits and pensions, support your family. Yeah. Astronauts. Yeah. 100%. My grandma um, asks me all the time because my brother has a girlfriend and I do not have a boyfriend and it's concerning. It's starting to concern a lot of people in my family. I'm not going to lie. My grandmother is very concerned. She like keeps giving me things for my wedding day. She's like, you know, when you have a baby, you can put them on this pillow. And I'm like, I'm never doing that. Uh, but I appreciate it. Thank you. I, uh, I was a bit of a tomboy, I guess, when uh, I was younger. And, you know, I had boyfriends in high school, but like some of my extended family was like, I, it's not, I wouldn't share those details with them, let alone with my parents, God forbid. I remember anytime I had a boyfriend, my parents would be like, oh yes, it's nice to meet your friend. Like they knew, they knew what was going on, but they didn't want to acknowledge it or something like that. Okay. And I just remember like getting a lot of CVs from my extended relatives of like Annie DeFranco. I don't know if you know who she is, or like just a lot of like lesbianish musicians that I'm like, what's going on here? What do you, getting that <laughs> but it's so funny right like now I have little little cousins who are like you know in their, their teens or in their 20s and it's like you you forget you're like oh they they have, they have a lot going on in their lives and in their world you know what I mean but you just get the Christmas update oh you're going to Algonquin College that's great you're gonna be a yeah a designer okay that's what you like that's your that's what you like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they have a whole other yeah. life and world, you know? Yeah. It's funny. Um, I oh. went into like, I, I went to like, I went into like a record store recently. Cause like my mom collects uh, vinyls, vinyl, oh. the vinyl or yes. vinyl? Singular. singular, singular. Okay. So she collects the vinyl and um, not the vinyl. No, the vinyl, not the vinyl, yeah. vinyls. She collects yeah. vinyl. Nope. And uh, we went into like this record shop and my mom is like, this is so cool. Like she loves it, seeing all the thing. And like, all I see is just like the most pretentious people working at this store. Like, and my mom is being all nice. She's just like, oh, like, it's, I'm like, it's not like how it used to be. Like when you were growing up and this was like a thing that people did, it was very exciting. Like, this is not what it is now. Like people that are my age that collect vinyl do it mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. it's pretentious because they're trying to be something yeah. that's not whereas like I back then it. it was very much a cultural thing mm -hmm. and I, I can't handle like walking into those stores I'm like you think because you listen to like I don't know what it is Bob Dylan on vinyl you think you're like so like they don't they don't even talk to me in stores yeah. like that I'm just like where's the Shania Twain can I just go you guys get Shania Twain somewhere whose bed have your boots been under I listen to the corniest <laughs> music I'm not a music snob I think I'm just trying to say that I don't like music snobs which I feel like is fair. Sure. I like, yeah. yeah, I'm not about it. Yeah. But there's people that are just like, I listen to like, yeah, whatever, some soundtrack from some movie in the eighties. Like I'm so in the know. It's like, I don't, yeah. nobody cares. Uh, the UK release. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Limited I, print, limited run only. Yeah. Um, purple bowling ball, marble vinyl. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's my uh, mini rant. I feel like that sounded like a bit of a hate speech. Totally not. No, I'm to be honest, talking to you, I'm just accustomed to it now. Oh, okay. 
my hate rants. Yeah. It's really funny. Um, yeah, I feel like that's mostly why I'm friends with you and Patrick, because I feel like we hate the same things. We hate the same yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and okay. sometimes I learn I learn about new things to hate from you. It's great. New things to hate from me? Yeah. Oh, that's so nice. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Anytime. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. No, I just yeah. I just hate how it was like a what it was like a way of life at one point. Like it's just it was and now it's like I don't know. It's like just just chill. You know what I mean? Like just relax. Maybe it's because they don't maybe it's because they don't talk to me that I feel this way. Could be. I don't think so. Yeah. I couldn't talk to somebody for that long. I don't care about the history of a band. I don't care about the no. I couldn't talk about music for that long. It's it's yeah. I couldn't. I'm gonna guess that they don't give you the time of day when you walk in there because you probably walk in there like oh. <laughs> I just walk in there like mom, can we yeah. go now? <laughs> I'm just like scratching, like pretending I'm a DJ on the. Rick up, rick up, rick up. Yeah. Like, Please don't do that. I'm like, do you guys have uh, like Pitbull on Vine? Like, is there literally <laughs> anything that I listen? To? Do you guys have Britney Spears or some shit? I don't know. Um. Okay. So tell me about your donut obsession, real quick. I mean, there's really not much to say. It speaks for itself. Donuts are delicious. They're amazing. Right quick. Yeah. Right quick. Now I used to love donuts. I used to get donuts uh, when I was a teenager, when I would come home late night, there's like a local donut shop, smoking, you could smoke indoors. And then, and then they had a smoking section, but it was literally like a glass wall that didn't even go up to the ceiling. So the smoke would just infiltrate the rest of the place. Anyway, the donuts tasted a little bit like cigarettes. They're going to taste like cigarettes. (laughs) And I just, I just like that shit. And then, you know, I became a stupid vegan. And so you couldn't, you couldn't find a vegan donut. I was a vegan since before veganism was cool, before it was good, before it was accessible, like a real dumbass I was. All right. So I didn't eat donuts for years. I had a donut drought in my life. And then as veganism picked up, oh my God, my donuts came back into my life. And I think that's why I go overboard with sweets and donuts It's because it's now, you can get anything vegan now, right? So I do eat a lot of donuts and I just like to, you know, share my enthusiasm for these tasty little treats. And uh, I'm married to a rather uh, fat man and uh, I have to hide my snacks from him. So I eat them in the car. Now it's not because I'm trying to control what he eats. Because <laughs> don't bring this into the house. I'm like, okay. You know, and like I said, I'm a very busy woman. So the only time I have to eat them is like in my car before I go inside, right? And then I, I have to throw out the garbage in the, the trash can outside. He, that, I don't even let him see the evidence until he goes online and then sees what I've been up to. Uh, so anyway, that's it. I like donuts, all right? And then that that was the inspiration for the name of my, my album, The Dozen. Uh, and then it's very donut themed on the cover. Just, you know, silly, silly, you know, silly stuff. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not gonna go name my album like, <laughs> you know, complicated, complicated girl living in the world. But I don't know, that was stupid. Please edit that one. I mean. um, Jen, thank you for doing this podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank um, you. Yeah. <laughs>
all of your podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I feel weird sometimes interviewing my friends because I'm like, I know you in real life and I hate the formality of like, and we're right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Christ. Um, for real, thanks for doing this. Um, is there anything you'd like to plug at the end? Well, I guess listen to my stupid album. Uh, you can <laughs> download or stream it anywhere. And then when the world gets back to normal, you know, uh, come see me live. Go watch live stand-up, man. Because, like, comedians are thirsty. They're going to give it their all. It's, like, stand-up's going to be fucking amazing once we get on the it's other side. It's going to be amazing. You're going to see comedians crying on stage. People, I, and I, I cannot wait to see how quickly stand-up is disrespect. The first person that I see at a stand-up comedy show that is not enjoying their time, I'm going to lose my mind. I will get hostile because it's like the world was about to end. Now we're back. Do not come here with a negative attitude. These comedians, it's an art form. What you're watching is art at its purest form. Have some respect. (laughs) Don't come here angry. Don't come here with your socks off like you're at your nana's house. Just like be about it. Just Don't sit there uncrossed, uncross your arm, live your life. You paid to get in here. And now you're using the money that you spent to sit there with your arms crossed. What's that about? No, I'm not about that. You know what? I have physically, physically removed two bitches from the front row of a show. They were misbehaving. I will do it again.